Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production, available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson On Demand. Ryan McCarthy, watching in upstate New York, says, why does Saskatchewan have the best town names? Paradise Hill, Moose Jaw. Well, he says Flynn Flon, and that's actually Manitoba. And frankly, I'm partial to Medicine Hat. How about that? I also learn something every day. We learn today that Flynn Flon Manitoba stands for Flintibetty Flonaton, a fictional character from a 1905 novel. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Welcome, everybody, to the Rod Peterson Show. It's hour two. It's brought to you by Core Grain, doing the right thing for your farm. This is what we call the second half kickoff. And, man, on this Flame Tech Football Friday, we've covered a lot. I'm thrilled. This is going to be awesome. Chris Getzlaff was a Hall of Famer long before he was even named a Hall of Famer last week by the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. He joins us in the bunker. How are you doing, Chris? Excellent. How Good. are you doing? I'm doing great now that you're here. I was handling this on my own for a while because the moose is gone. He's gone to the lake, so it's nice to have somebody else in here to talk sports with. How's the summer been? Can't complain. I mean, had pretty some pretty phenomenal weather. All this yes. rain probably could have happened in June to help out the farmers, I bet. But, I mean, uh, I've been working really hard. This summer has been a lot more uh, work with my business than, than normal summers. Um, other than that, you know, I've got a few things down around the house and played a few rounds of golf. Good for you. Well, Chris is uh, in the financial planning game, and not like he needs any. Pull your mic up a little closer there, Gets, if you don't mind. Not like he needs any introduction, but uh, Ty Cats, Eskimos, Rough Riders alum, and a member of the famed Gets Laugh Sports family. And so we gotta, we'll take your questions, of course. That's what makes this fun. Not like I couldn't fill the whole time for Chris myself. But let's start with the current environment of the CFL. Your former team, the Elks, has game postponed this week because of a COVID outbreak. Have you sat back and said, I'm so glad I'm retired? Has that hit you yet? Uh, or have you thought, are you, do you, has that hit you at all? Uh, I mean, still miss the game on a regular basis. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things that you can only play for so long. It's not like a, a regular career that you can, you know, kind of work as, as long as you want to. So... Um, I missed the game. I'd love to be able to play it still, but, uh, do I regret retiring or where I'm at or anything like that? Absolutely not. And, you know, the, the, the current situation and the environment, uh, right now, I, you know, I'm glad I'm not a part of that. Well, that's kind of what I meant. I knew that you would miss the game, but these protocols and so forth are, they seem a little tedious. And I know that you won a great cup with Brendan Labatt and you know what Big Blue's take was on that. He's like, I'm not interested in participating in this. I'm trying to find the comment from Mandy at Edmonton, guys. She's got like, here she goes. She, goes, she says, I'm watching on YouTube on my big screen TV and Facebook on my phone at the moment. Pretty slick different experience when it's on TV. So thank you, Mandy. I appreciate you watching in Edmonton. And I guess that's my point. I mean, if you, if you put COVID aside, the games have been pretty good. You've been watching? Oh, yeah. What do yeah. you think of the quality of play and what we've seen through three weeks? I think that there's been a real 
Uh, it's been a good product on the field. Um, I think that the lack of preseason and uh, normal training camp, I think, has definitely hindered the offenses to start the, the season. I mean, I, th- I think that most offenses have come out pretty slow. Defense have been dominating games a lot more than you would traditionally see in the CFL anyway. So, uh, you know, for the most part, uh, I've been very entertained. You know, there's been tight games, uh, turnovers, uh, you name it. There's been more defensive battles than I would say anything, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, very difficult to predict outcomes. I don't know if you do that or not, but I was like one of four last week, which is actually a great thing. Um, our viewers, I said that we would take some questions from them and let's do that. That's, uh, again, the secret sauce of this show. Uh, somebody asked, who's faster, you or Ryan? And I got to say this about your family because I've known you guys a long time. You've never, ever got tired of questions about your brother Ryan Getzlaff, star of the Anaheim Ducks, which is cool. Have you gotten tired yet of those questions? Who's faster? Who's a better skater? Who's this? Who's that? No, I never will. I think they're interesting questions, and it just goes to family dynamics and, you know, how I I feel and how I grew up with with Ryan. You know, I'm always going to be open to those questions, so they never bother me. Um, I'm beyond proud for the success that he's had. in all aspects of life, but obviously specifically in the hockey world is is, um, pretty amazing. So no, obviously I'm faster. (laughs) Well, and I would think he would win a skating race. However, you're just that much younger than me that we never had an opportunity to play on the Rough Riders hockey team together, but there are local hockey people that say that you can dangle yourself. What is your hockey resume? And when did you make the decision to specialize Football uh, over hockey. Okay, yeah. I, well, I've never stopped playing hockey. So, um, but I, I was playing very competitive hockey. Uh, I played for Team Sask when I was 12 years old. Um, back-to-back years, Adam Hockey. I played for Team Saskatchewan both years. So, you know, I was, you know, one of the better players in the province at that time. Um, uh, going into Pee Wee, that's when contact hockey started. Back then. Uh, I was very small, and I got cut from Tier 1 hockey. After playing for Team Sask the year before, I got cut from Tier 1 hockey because they said I was too small. So um, I still ended, I still continued to play, and uh, I truly made a decision um, in uh, between grade 11 and grade 12. Uh, I was trying out for the Pac Canadians, and I had two, two good days where I thought that I was likely to make the team, and... Um, I decided to focus on football because I wanted to be uh, a captain on the team. And I thought that uh, trying to do both wouldn't allow me um, that opportunity. So no coach made you pick? or uh, No no coach made me pick or anything. I would say there's definitely pressure on both sides to kind of pick. But it's not like anyone was sitting there saying, no, you can't do this, you can't do that. It wasn't anything like that. But I think that there is pressure because it's obviously a big commitment on both sides. Football, you're practicing every day. Pack Canadians are going to be practicing slash playing all the time. So, you know, there, there's a lot of pressure to uh, be able to handle both. Mm-hmm. Well, that's been going on for decades and decades and decades that I've known of players that have been forced into a decision. So uh, it's good that you were able to make that decision yourself. Really? Right. And, and by the way, announced going into the Rough Riders Hall of Fame last week. I mean, I texted you that day. I'll say it again. Congratulations. How does that feel? Thank you. Uh, surreal feeling. I mean, uh, um, you know, you, you hope that one day that you had made an impact in order to, to get recognized in that manner. And 
you know, getting that call was uh, was really exciting, and and hearing that I'm going in with uh, Andy is is also very exciting. It's going to be a great weekend sharing it with him. We have some hockey and NHL questions coming in, which I know you don't shy away from. But I will say this: a uh, somebody that wasn't really in the know wrote me when your announcement came down, and they said, "Is is has he had a Hall of Fame career?" And I'm like, "Yeah." Thousand yard credentials, top Canadian in the Grey Cup, just like your boy Fantuz is going in with you. You have very similar football resumes, which is kind of cool. And can you speak of your relationship with Andy Fantuz, if you don't mind? I have a great relationship with Andy. I mean, um, he's a great person, phenomenal player, he, great competitor, amazing hands, was able to find space somewhat like no other. Um, you know, so, so getting to know him while we were playing the game. And uh, having the success that we were having while playing together, you know, obviously developed into a friendship that that still lasts today. So I have a great relationship with them. Um, it's not like we're talking every week by any stretch, but, you know, we're, we're catching up every few months at a minimum. And like I said, it's going to be a phenomenal weekend to be able to share that experience with them. Before we do switch to hockey, what is your take for the CFL fans and the Rough Riders fans that are watching this 3-0 and team about these Saskatchewan receivers Braden Lenius Mitchell Pickton and the other Canadians it's pretty special to watch yeah I think it's pretty exciting I think they have a great core and I mean you you could probably go and list off five of them that that can go out there and play right now but you know the guys that uh, are getting their time they're definitely making an impact and, and you can tell they're they're doing things right and they're they're making the plays that they're supposed to so it's pretty exciting to watch and uh, I'm loving it from Mike Blackbird, he's watching in Toronto. He is an Argonauts fan, but he said, does size really need to matter in sports? And I would say to that, does Dolly Parton sleep on her back? Your brother, like I've seen him play, we all have, but to see him play live is another story. And I remember sitting in the stands in the Honda Center. I think it was at practice. You were there. Rich Preston was with us, and Rich goes, uh, Rico goes, Ryan just kind of does whatever he wants out there. Like, he is a moose. Yeah, right? he's, he's a big human being, and <laughs> size definitely plays a part. I mean, in today's hockey world, you know, it's, it's not as big as a deal as it once was because of the, how the rules change and everything, the clutching and grabbing that kind of got taken away, um, which is adding more penalties, obviously. Um, so, you know, being a, a smaller, quick skater... Um, now means more than it used to. So, but I mean, you know, if you're bigger, stronger, faster, obviously that's going to play a part in success. Your brother could have thrived in any era, right? Like he's made a great career in this era, but he kind of what is cut from the cloth of the old era. But by the way, I almost texted you, but didn't want to bother you in NHL free agency this summer. You get, <laughs> you get it. Cause I saw your brother linked to the Montreal Canadiens and the Edmonton Oilers, and I thought... But then, a very close friend of your family said, there's no way he's ever leaving. He loves it there. The Ducks were going to look after him, and they did, obviously, but was... Did you ever think there was a chance he would sign somewhere else? I did, actually. Really? Think there was going to be a chance. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. I never thought it prior to, you know, free agency kind of approaching, but the fact that he was actually going to free agency... Um, meant that he, you know, he was willing to hear what other teams had to say and uh, for the first time in his career have a chance to be touted. You know, uh, he'd always re-signed with Anaheim before ever having an opportunity to hear from anybody else. So 
the, the fact that he reached that and, and I was actually um, listening to, to what other teams had to say and, and trying to get him to potentially sign with them, uh, I thought that there was a chance. Uh, I, I figured as long as Anaheim was willing to offer him a contract, he would likely stay because, you know, it's a pretty long, successful career he's had there. And um, I'm sure that he would prefer to close the book um, playing for only one team in his career. So, but there was a chance. I get it, though, and it's nice to be courted, right? Those teams wanted him, I'm sure, right? Because oh, yeah. he's still got a lot of gas left in the tank. But what do you see ahead for the Anaheim Ducks? Because, by the way, I haven't picked third in the Pacific Division and got lambasted for that. <laughs> I got Vegas, Edmonton, Anaheim. Am I getting ahead of myself? Uh, I don't know. You know, I think that they could be a team that, that has uh, surprises some people this year. Um, whether they'll be extremely competitive, I don't know about that. But, you know, playoffs, I think they'll be on the edge. Yeah. yeah. From Jeff Kabilis in Winnipeg, he says, As a Bomber fan, I absolutely loved that group of all Canadian receivers you were a part of. Congrats on the induction, Chris. That's nice when fans of the other teams uh, chime in with that. Arlene in Saskatoon says, Congratulations on your call to the Plaza. Well-deserved. What's your opinion about the Canadian ratio in the CFL? I know you have strong thoughts on that. Yeah, I think that it's uh, a part of of the Canadian game, and I think that it should continue to be part of the Canadian game. Um, You know, it allows players an opportunity to to get out and show what they can do. And, you know, if it wasn't for the Canadian ratio, I I think that there's several players um, that wouldn't have got their opportunity. And, you know, I could be one of those. I'm not... Not 100% on that, but I definitely think that there's a chance if the ratio didn't exist that I may have not got the same looks that I did or the same opportunities that I ended up getting um, in order to, you know, make my mark in, in the game. Troy in Toronto from Sober Athletic Wear says, which quarterback did you mesh with the best during your career and what made you and the quarterback click? Uh, Darian Durant by far. Um it's a lot of practice. You know, you, you go out every day and you're, you're throwing with, with the quarterback. And, and if you get to spend a lot of time with the one quarterback, you get to know each other's tendencies very well. And when you're, when you're both on the same page and be able, being able to see what the defense is doing, uh, it just makes things click and, and you're able to make plays. Um, you know, Doubles and I had a, a very good um, understanding of when defenses were uh, bring zero coverage blitzes and you know he really trusted me in those situations to recognize it and and break off my route accordingly and uh, you know we made a lot of plays in those situations uh, I'm thinking about the uh, your breakout game in Calgary that big deep touchdown what do you remember about that game what year was that oh Everything. nine <laughs> yeah talk about that game if you don't mind yeah um yeah it was 2009 uh, I think it was week five uh, it was my first opportunity to uh, be a top four starter as a receiver. You know, I had got some time as the fifth receiver into the end of 2008 and and prior to uh, week five in 2009. But Andy was hurt uh, that week, so I got the chance to go in. Um, I, I scored an, an early touchdown in the game, and um, really the, the part of that game that specifically stands out is you know, we're a minute and a half left in the game. We're third and 10. Uh, we're down by six. And um, I 
Durant hits me on an adjustment like I was just talking about. Uh, hits me on a deep ball and I score a 60-yard touchdown and we end up winning the game by one. So, uh, yeah, that game stands out in my head a lot. Yes, but it was shortly after that. And we're going to break here right away. But I remember I was bragging you up, obviously, and your speed. Do you remember pulling me aside and you're like, maybe don't talk about my speed? Because <laughs> these DBs don't know. You're going to the Hall of Fame, Chris. When did, you, when did the DBs, you stop sneaking up on them and you get respect for your speed? Um, well, I don't know if the speed was ever really respected. And I think that there's, there's some warrant behind that. You know, I've, I was never the fastest guy. My top end was definitely decent. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but if, if I was going from a standstill, it's not like my, my takeoff was anything special, but, um, you know, when you get a advantage of a waggle, which I've played for the most of my career as a slot back, um, you get that advantage where, you know, I can take uh, full shots at the line of scrimmage um, and hit full speed going into everything that I want to do, you know, that, that changes the game significantly. Hall of Famer Chris Getzlaff with us here in the bunker on a Flame Tech Football Friday. Ticats Riders Eskimos alum, member of the famous Getzlaff sports family. We'll take more of your questions. We'll get to a sports update when we return. You're watching on the Game Plus TV network, YouTube and Facebook live streaming and 24-hour sports radio for Suds Full Service Car Wash at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Attention listeners across the galaxy, all the way from Australia to Houston, do we have a pube problem? If so, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation and brand new Lawnmower 4.0. Kick your pubes to the next planet with a performance package 4.0. The orbits in your pants will feel like you're in zero gravity when you use the best tools for the job from the leaders in male grooming. Trust me, you're listening to a happy customer. Join the two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. For a clean trinity and beyond, your space balls will thank you. Trust me. Laid back and kicking it. Let's head back to the studio. Here's Rob. Welcome back, everybody. Flame Tech Football Friday continues on Game Plus TV and your favorite streaming service. FlameTech locally owned and operated industry leaders in commercial and industrial combustion technology. By the way, our poll question today, which we have not talked about here in hour two, is who is the Super Bowl favorite? And I literally have only gone by ESPN.com's analytics department. These are the top four teams, Kansas City, Tampa Bay, Buffalo, or Green Bay. And leading the way with votes on both Twitter and Facebook are the Kansas City Chiefs, who they feel will avenge their loss in the Super Bowl last year. But next is Tampa Bay, 26%. So there's a very good chance of a Tom Brady repeat with the Bucks. And uh, by the way, before we jump back into the CFL discussion, Chris Getzlaff joins us, Hall of Famer here in the bunker, which I'm sure will never get old for you, Chris, hearing that. Uh, NFL, you go into the uh, fantasy stuff in that Oh, absolutely. You do, huh? Oh, yeah. So what are you thinking about with this season? We're heading into the last weekend of the NFL preseason, then a week off, and then it's 2021 kickoff time. 
What are you going to be watching? I, wa- I mean, Everything. I, w- I watch all football. Yeah, I watch all football, whether it's CFL or NFL. So, um, yeah, and I watch a lot of it. It was it's the one sport that I watch more than anything that I'm very dedicated uh, to watching. Um, so, um, you know, I have multiple fantasy drafts that are coming up here yet for for multiple, NFL. huh? Yeah, I'm in a few. I'm in a few different leagues. So, uh, I think it adds a great aspect to the game. You know, it's it's that much more fun watching a game when you say when you have a player that you know their production in that game could mean something in uh, a totally unrelated area, right? Mm-hmm. You know, playing fantasy football. Did we get the right four teams, the top four teams here for Super Bowl favorites? I'll say them again. Kansas City, Tampa Bay, Buffalo, Green Bay. Yeah, that's. I would say that's probably going to be looking at the top four. I don't know if there's going to be too many other real surprises when it comes to powerhouse teams during the season. Um, I would say Kansas City probably is my favorite as well at mm-hmm. this point to win. Not my favorite team, but... Who is your favorite team? New Orleans Saints. Really? Okay. Yeah. So Tori Gurley was on here yesterday and said this is going to be an eye-opener for the New Orleans Saints in the post-Drew Brees era. They just named Jameis Winston as their starting quarterback. Is it all downhill from here, Chris? No, heck no. <laughs> They're going to be good. Saints are going to be good. Winston's going to be good. Um, he got a chance to come in and learn a little bit from Brees. You know, Peyton's amazing. Uh, it's going to be, you're going to see a different Jameis Winston. I mean, he could always sling it. And, you know, everyone always knocked him for, for his interceptions, obviously. But, you know... In his defense, he played a lot of those games from behind. Quarterbacks got to make decisions and take more chances when you're playing on when you're playing from behind. The Saints, on the other hand, you know they have they still have a very good defense, and I think that they have the the offensive weapons in order to to get it done. I think Winston will have a good year, and the Saints will be good. You see, what's so fun about this show gets is uh, just sitting here shooting the breeze, having coffee, or in your case, water. Because people are chiming in with their, uh, with their thoughts and their comments. Because I'm sitting here going, Jameis Winston couldn't make it happen in Tampa Bay. They replaced him with Tom Brady and, boop, Super Bowl. Wow, that was easy. It wasn't yeah. quite that easy, <laughs> but you could see how somebody would think that. Right, yeah. I mean, let's not forget that they had how, how many other free agent signings that all went there. Antonio know, partially, Brown, probably, yeah. because Tom went there. And, yeah, I mean, you're talking the greatest quarterback of all time. So, you know, was it, it an helps. upgrade at that time? Yeah, it was an upgrade. Um, I'm, I'm going to bring in the viewers because that's always so much fun that Mike Blackbird in Toronto screams, the Browns, and forever more, even though Chris Jones is no longer with the Browns, I got to get your take on Chris Jones. And I think we've told this story on this show before, but I'm going to ask you to tell it again. Your time with the Rough Riders, when they brought you back, in 2017, you enjoyed playing for Chris Jones. I did. Yeah. When I, when I came back, um, you know, obviously off the start when he first came in, kind of cleaned house and everything, um, you know, it, I would say that he, he did several things that I would consider offside. Um, but, you know, I, I had a, a man-to-man discussion with him when I came back and basically said, you know, I think I can help this team. It doesn't matter if I'm on the practice roster or whatever. I, I left Edmonton with the intention that, that I could help this team down the stretch. Uh, 
and that that man to man i think that uh he totally respected that and i respected the fact that he he listened to me and brought me in um so i i did enjoy playing for him uh, once i was on the team again and uh, i think that he he is a good coach you know i think there's definitely things that he could have done better um or maybe a little more sensitive in certain situations for sure but you know is he a good coach yeah i think he's a good football coach well as they say there's no good way to fire somebody (laughs) so he has his way of doing it right and i'm looking at your wikipedia because forgive me gets i'm getting old um it was 2016 when you started in edmonton and apologies to those that aren't fans of these two teams, Edmonton and Saskatchewan. But you remember that game, first preseason game up there. They threw like Edmonton, I'm saying they threw three straight passes to you, I think, into the end zone. Preseason game. And you capped off that opening drive for the Eskimos with a touchdown. And I remember after the game, because you'd been cut by Jones and the Riders, I was standing with a buddy of mine from the Eskimos in the stands. And I said, that little drive with Getzlaff, was that to shove it up our <clears throat> throat? He goes, Yep. That was Mike Riley to you the whole drive. You remember that? Yeah. Was that called? Can you take, uh, we've never talked about this. Uh, You know what? I don't know if they were intentionally doing it, but it's kind of how it, how it (laughs) played out during that drive. And, you know, thankfully I was able to cap it off. How did it feel? I mean, it was only preseason, but it still had to feel good. Yeah, it definitely feel felt good. It, It always feels amazing. There's, there's not quite another feeling like scoring a touchdown. Uh, the adrenaline rush that goes through you, you know, you cap off whatever drive it was, but, uh, you know, you have a, at least a moment to soak it in, whereas every other play is like, yeah, you can be excited, but you got another play to get ready for. So, you know, that's pretty quick, whereas you score a touchdown, you got a little more time to soak it in. Um, you know, it being preseason and being year 10, I think, for me at that time, you know, it definitely wasn't outstanding or, you know, right, right, a, right. a real excitement situation, but I was happy to score. It's not like Claremont in double overtime of the West semifinal, right? Right. It's so, never going to compare to that. Right. That, I mean, I, I don't I might have even been more excited than JC was at, during that play. Like I went and just tackled him in the end zone and jumped at him right away. That was amazing. Against your old team, his old team. Right. Right. And I remember watching Wally watch that play unfold. I can't imagine how it felt. For, I'm, I get what you're saying. Um, but by the way, for our Edmonton viewers, of which we have a ton, would you, would you mind talking about your time in Edmonton? Because uh, I've talked more with your wife about it. You guys loved the city of champions as a city yeah. and, and a franchise. Yeah, we... We enjoyed our time there. Um, you know, you play for a team for so long that you don't know what it's going to be like when you leave. And, you know, for me, I felt like I walked into just another locker room. And now you're just playing with new buddies. You know, uh, I, I, re- I really enjoyed my time there. Um, my wife and I enjoyed living there as well. Um, it was just, uh, you know, kind of business as usual. It was, it was a little weird, obviously, you know, new building, new teammates, <laughs> new coaches. <laughs> yeah, where do I park? All yeah. that stuff, getting all that sorted out. But uh, at the end of the day, it was still football. It was still meetings. And it was still, you know, hanging out with uh, guys in the locker room and, and outside of uh, football. So, you know, I, I enjoyed my time there. Who were the guys that 
welcomed you in? And first and most? Uh, I mean, Michael Riley, <laughs> I guess he wants to go by now, right? But, uh, you know, he was definitely, um, you know, one of the guys that uh, reached out to me right away. But, I, you know, so many. It, it's not even, you know, I already knew AD. I already knew Odell, uh, Sean White. You know, I had plenty of people that I had already come across at one, one time or another in my career. And really, it just felt like you're, you're walking into a situation where, everyone's just happy to be there and everyone wants to get along and you're, you're fighting for a common goal. So pretty easy to get along with everyone when, when there's that kind of mentality going on. Yeah. You know, in the time we have left, just before I let you go, you are extolling the virtues of what makes the Canadian football league great, but every league's great. You played junior football, you played university football, right? It's all that atmosphere, but with this COVID and what's, with the CFL, how fearful were you that it was going down? I'm still can't quite figure out how they're playing, to be honest with you, from a financial aspect. What, what, what's your thoughts been for the last year and a half for the league that gave you so much? Uh, it's just tough. Um, you know, the CFL has never been in a position like a lot of your other major sports have where, you know, they, they have the financial backing to be able to uh, go through whatever they need to in order to hold that season. You know, the NHL putting on a bubble, uh, the NFL having their, you know, stringent testing on a daily basis. You know, that there's a lot of dollars that have to go into that. And, you know, if you're, if you have a league that doesn't have that kind of money, it's makes it a lot more difficult to be able to pull that season off. Right. That's why it didn't work out last year. I think for the CFL, um, hopefully, you know, everything that's going on, you know, can get subsided mm -hmm. and this is really short term, especially this past week. And hopefully they can move forward because I think that there's been a good product on the field thus far and you'd hate to see for it to, to go away. Well, there are some questions that came in last hour and I don't mean to put you on the spot. I, I didn't know the answers to them, but I just wonder how closely you're following this elk situation because now the Labor Day Classic in Alberta is in jeopardy, right? How long is it going to take for them to isolate which they're currently in isolation and um i said if the elk season's in jeopardy that would i would think mean the whole cfl season's in jeopardy because it's a small league where can they get these games in you know well yeah i mean that's the thing i don't know how do you how do you get the games in uh is there three bye weeks this year no no God, i think there's one isn't there guy oh i guess shortened season obviously. right right yes. right yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah i don't know I, that's the point yeah it gets tough and when when that one bye week is is probably well it's either going to be one team or three teams i don't even know but mm -hmm. during that one week it's it's pretty hard to reschedule it even for that week because both teams likely aren't on the same bye week no but how seriously they're not going to do it in a bye week so how seriously do you think leagues not just the cfl take player safety for instance as a pro football player if you had to play two games in 7 days would you do it yeah, I think you'd do it. I mean, well, they've they've done that pre. Yes, they have. You know, okay, maybe had... three games in seven days. Then would you do that? That I mean, that's that's taking it pretty far. Once you're talking three games in seven days, uh, you know, that's football is one of the is a game that is very very hard on the body, and you need that that week to recover. And you know, having one Thursday game and then going to a Saturday, vice versa. You know, when you only have five days, 
you know, that's already kind of, kind of pushing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's doable, obviously. It's been done for a long time. But, you know, anything more than that, you know, you, you start getting to, to risk of injury, I believe. Hey, I guess the uh, obligatory question before I let you go is, assuming there will be a Grey Cup and there's no reason to think that it won't be December 12th in Hamilton, who do you think, as we sit here right now, will be in it? Who's your favorites from the west and the east? I like the riders. <laughs> That's, I mean, they look great, and I liked them before the season. Um, and I think I will still say Hamilton, even though they're off to the, the start that they are. Um, I, I still think Hamilton's going to pull it together. You know, they've had some injury situations, and like I said, offenses across the league have really struggled off the get-go, so the stronger defenses have really taken over games. Um, so I'm still going to stick with them. I think, I mean, Toronto's been fairly surprising, I think, early. Uh, I, I thought that they would be a stronger team near the back end when they developed a lot more chemistry with all the new faces. <clears throat> but, you know, they've, they've showed pretty good. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Fun to watch. Big, big game tonight. Hamilton at Montreal, by the way, to kick off week four. Chris Getzlaff, congrats again on the Hall of Fame uh, nod and uh, appreciate the time. Good seeing you. Thanks a lot for having me. Chris Getz live with us. We'll be back with more on a Flame Tech Football Friday. All of your questions, a sports update, and uh, overtime on the way, too. You're watching on the Game Plus TV network across all 10 provinces and 31 states, live daily on YouTube and Facebook, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Oh, yeah, he's back. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show. Welcome back, everybody. It's Flame Tech Football Friday. It's just me and you again. Maybe we'll bring producer Clark out of his cage for uh, overtime, but uh, the moose. Oh, he is. The moose is coming back, they tell me, from the lake. They're not trusting me to do this alone the rest of the way. Uh, the Prairie Mobile text line is open, by the way, 306-840-8777, 306-840-8777. We got people all across the land writing in. Uh, Jeff, the Stamps fan, says, hit him again, ye men of Calgary, go Stamps, on Sunday. That is Canada's game of the week, the Calgary Stampeders at the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. 6 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Mountain. I'll be in front of the television set for it, unless I find my way to Winnipeg for it. That could happen, too. Troy in Toronto uh, writes in. Sorry for sighing before I even read the comment, but he says, Rod, in my 53 years, I don't recall the CFL doing a sustained and aggressive marketing plan to attract, entertain, and retain fans of a variety of demographics. In your opinion, what are two to three things the CFL could do today to make it a viable and stable league with the goal of continued growth and financial security into the future? Troy and Toronto, I don't know when I came onto your radar or how you found us, but I beat my head against the wall for 20 years trying to answer that question that you just asked me and I gave up. I'm not sure the CFL believes they even need the help or believes that there's an issue, but I know without a shadow of a doubt, They don't want my help. So I'm not going to waste two to three seconds thinking of what the CFL has to do. 
for all those things that you say, a sustained and aggressive marketing plan, that's their job, not mine. And we got our hands full sustaining and aggressively marketing this program right now, right now, which you're watching every day. So thanks for that. But I'm not stepping in that pool anymore. Regarding the scheduling, uh, Jeff the Stamps fan says, what's up with a Sunday afternoon game in August, by the way? We got to get Moose on the line because I'm like, can we stop questioning everything and just enjoy it? And if we had a camera on, hey, Moose, you've changed. Nice cabin, by the way. Yeah. Thank you. You figured that out, huh? You figured all the gear out. Does it look better and sound better? I thought it looked good before. But um, if we'd have had a camera on the debate between Chris Getzlaff and I about uh, COVID and vaccinations, whoo, Nelly, it would have had a few million views. But Chris isn't as open as I am on things, so we did, we'll, we'll let that slide. But the fact that we're playing the World Women's Hockey Championship in August in an empty rink tells me that we're not over COVID yet. So if Calgary and Winnipeg are playing a Sunday afternoon CFL game in August, who gives a rat's ass? Which, by the way, we don't want Sunday games in the fall. Now's the time to have them, right? Like, we, you look at scheduling, you look at sports. I think everybody wants to think, Darren, that we're back to normal in life sports-wise. We're so far... You talked about it with the Titans in the warm-up. Oh, they're going through COVID co- uh, protocols and being ravaged. Like, just enjoy the games. Where are you on these topics that have come up today? Yeah, I know. No, I know. It, it's tough. I mean, you got to just enjoy it and, and understand we're not in normal circumstances. We're not even close to getting back uh, to normal circumstances. I mean, you're going to have some Sunday games. You're going to have some probably a Tuesday game if you need to to get a game in on time. Mm-hmm. Um it's fine. You're going to have to show an extra piece of paper when you go to the facilities to watch a game. Like that's just where we're at now. And we're not getting out of it anytime soon. And you talk about gets, I mean, I wasn't there obviously to talk to, to hear those conversations in the commercial break, but you know, if you guys are that far apart or if he feels one way, just imagine what the rest of the players feel. You know, I talked about Tennessee. I mean, they said they were over 90% vaccinated that team, but there's teams in the Canadian football league that, you know, aren't even close to that, especially not the 85% that the CFL put in. So, yeah, we're just getting started. I mean, we're three weeks into a season, entering week four tonight. I mean, this is this is just getting started, even though it's a shorter season. So, Yes, uh, for sure. The I'm sprinkling in comments as we go, as you know. Where's the viewer that says, three down, Ryan in Winnipeg says, threedownnation.com now makes you pay to talk on their platform. LOL. Do we want to give people a remedial introduction to media in 2021, Darren? This is where we're going. The fact that we're providing a free service every day, and granted we are on national television, I think some people forget that when they're commenting on the streaming. This is the way mm-hmm. it's gone. Not going, it's the way it's gone. I've, I reasoned this to you. I think when we were driving around some of the thousand miles that we have, I said, as a kid, I used to pay for a subscription to the Hockey News, Sports Illustrated, the Cassette of the Month Club. Now it's the same thing. 
Those are all gone. We just have to make our choices where we want to pay to spend our money, correct? You take it from there. I mean, this is this is Bingo. where we're at. Bingo. This is where we're at. Yeah. It's exactly where we're at. I mean, you talked about your Columbia House, uh, you know, subscription that you had, cassette of the month, uh, whatever. But that's where we're at. I mean, we would, I would buy CDs, all my favorite ones. I'd spend twenty dollars here, twenty five dollars there, fourteen ninety nine there. Now I spend what is it, like ten to fifteen dollars a month for my, you know, streaming subscription for music. So over the course of a year, I pay about the same as I would have in music, anyways. You know. A lot of us still have cable. Clearly, we know that from the viewership of this show. But, you know, people that are cutting the cord, you'd spend $95, $100, $80, $75 for your television subscription, depending on how many channels you decide to get. Well, there was a study that came out. If you subscribe to Amazon and Apple and Netflix and Crave and all the different television subscriptions, it's $95 a month. So, I mean, yeah, you're maybe look like you're consuming things differently, but you're still paying the money. You're still you know, consuming content and you're not buying a newspaper, but you're paying for your athletic subscription and you're now paying for commenting rights on three down to join that conversation. And you know what, that's just, it's, that's business, that's life. And you know, we can't expect to have everything in life for free. So here we are. Uh, John in uh, Edmonton says subscription service coming to the Rod Peterson show. And I don't know, I, I think, I like to talk sports, but people like to talk just as much about this show. And what people don't understand, when I started RodPeterson.com in 2006, I had so many people saying, you should go to a pay service, pay service, paywall. I'm like, nope, never going to do it. Going to sell advertising. And now at 33 million all-time hits since, that's never going to be a thing. And I don't think it's ever going to be a thing here. We're not going to take the easy way out, correct? Uh, it seems to be working what we're doing. Yeah. No, it, it does. I mean, the only thing that you would ever, you know, not that you would ever pay for or ever ask people to pay for is value add. We're not going to take away what you've been getting for free, right? And what we've been able to provide, whether it's through television, through this show, through rodpeterson.com, we're not going to pull things back now that you're used to. We may add things, you know, as we seem fit. I mean, but that's no different than us adding Rod Peterson shop and offering t-shirts for a fee, right? So that's where we'll move. And that's exactly where we want to be. Moose, uh, we have viewers asking if they can come visit your locale for the weekend. So you might want to hide your 411, turn your cell phone off <laughs> if you can't be tracked, because I think you're going to have viewers yes. pounding down your door uh, over the weekend. Listen, you, are you going to, now that you've figured this gear all out, you want to stick around for one more segment? Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm settled. Overtime is next. Any questions, NFL, CFL, whatever else related? Fire our way. You're watching the RP Show. It's a Flame Tech Football Friday. We're on Game Plus TV Network, YouTube, and Facebook, and 24-hour sports radio for Suds Full Service Car Wash at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You got something to say? You want to add to the show? What are you waiting for? Don't just sit there. Say something. Now, back to the studio with Rod. Welcome back, everybody. It is overtime. It's brought to you by the Four Seasons Sports Palace, your home for the UFC and the Seattle Kraken Fan Club and the best boneless dry ribs in the world. 
If we can get Moose back on my screen again. Moose, as you know, this show was your dream, child. Daytime sports talk. And a lot of things have come down. The, from 3downnation.com, the Ottawa Red Blacks have announced their roster for tomorrow's home game against the BC Lions. And starting defensive backs Abdul Kanna and Sherrod Baltimore have both been added to the six-game injured list. So there's that. And, yeah, and currently at tsn.ca right now, David Naylor just put a tweet or a, a tweet linking to his story at tsn.ca about how the Elks outbreak is affecting the CFL, plus the vaccination mandate for travel in Canada and how that's affecting the CFL. It's going to push everything back into the late fall. It's going to affect the playoff schedule. So we can just again, I come. You're the boss here. You're the owner. <laughs> So please, because I don't, I just go out and try to throw touchdowns every day. You're the one right. running the show here. So I don't see it from that. Can you imagine being a tall forehead and a leader in the CFL right now? Can you imagine? Like, what are they going through right now? I'm trying. I'm trying. And I'm trying to figure out what, how I would handle this. And, you know, all you can do is, is respond to the information you have and take it, as you like to say, one day at a time. Um, the travel restrictions, right? If we have teams that, potentially aren't even 60% vax, let alone 85%, all those players who aren't vaccinated might not be able to get onto airplanes if we require a vaccine passport or proof of vaccination to fly in this country. Um, if the charter flights that these teams take are not exempt, that's a real problem. Now, maybe they are exempt and the teams will be able to travel because you can't be busing from BC to Montreal. They'd have to practice in every single town along the way because it's going to take them a week to get to where they're going and then back. Um, so that's a, that's one issue, um, in terms of that, if that becomes something where you can't travel teams and as much as we say, you know, the Denver Broncos had to play without a quarterback in week, uh, in one of those weeks last season, and that the Elks aren't going to be granted any favors to get this game on the field. You can't be doing that week in and week out. If you have Cody Fajardo or Bo Levi Mitchell or Charleston Hughes who can't play, um, because they don't have their vaccination now, I'm not saying, I don't know who does and who does not have vaccinations. But dealing with that, you might have to pause the season. And then you might have to figure out what's a fair amount of games to wipe out and what's going to be a, you know, way to a contingency plan to resume the season in October or November and have a shortened season, or maybe you have to scrap it all together. It's, I mean, I don't even know how I would address this now. So I can only imagine what Randy and the league is going through on a daily basis trying to figure out where is this going? What are we going to do if A, B, or C happens? All we can do is just know that they're going to get on the field this weekend and hope they can get on the field next weekend. Uh, it is a Flame Tech Football Friday. Locally owned and operated industry leaders in commercial and industrial combustion technology. Shout out to uh, Denton and his staff at Flame Tech where they wear Rod Peterson show gear all the time. By the way, from our female viewers, Moose, of which, as you know, 38% of our viewers are of the female variety. Jennifer from the Four That's Seasons right. Jennifer from the Four Seasons says, have a fabulous weekend, everyone. I'll be enjoying the lake as well, even in the rain. From Mandy in Edmonton, I miss the lakes in Saskatchewan. Uh, they are fantastic. Pretty damn fantastic. From the 581, Brendan in the Reggie says, Mike Morielli for future CFL commish. Uh, there's a lot of people that uh, like what Mike Morielli's doing. And by the way, 
got through the entire CEBL season without an outbreak, without a hitch, never missed a game. Did you watch the interview with Morielli, by the way? Yeah. What did you think about that? He's great. I mean, the CEBL has done just wonderful things to be able to get those seasons. And, like, not only just getting seasons through without, you know, any hiccups with COVID. They had the bubble last year out east. But to be able to do it in their second and third years of existence. I mean, these are crucial seasons because you had all the momentum from year one. You can't go away now and just have all that momentum washed away. I think it's just, it's tremendous uh, that they were able to get that done and, and start to build something here. So uh, I, I know why everybody loves Mike and why, how could you not? Uh, Jeff, the Stamps fan with a really good suggestion. He says the CFL should have done a McMahon bubble. Do you think with the millions being lost now that they're sitting back going, we should have done it. We should have bitten the bullet and put it, done a bubble season. Even if it was six games rather than 14. It's easy for us to say, but do you think they're looking back and saying that now? They, they probably, it's probably at least come up. Like they're probably, maybe we should have thought about it, but you know what? They might still be thinking about it. Now, I'm just throwing this completely out of left field. I mean, this is from no prior info, but, you know, as we did before a few minutes ago, just putting on my hat is how I would handle this. I'd be considering it. That would be one of the options on the table, right? You know, for the Ted Lasso reference, you don't bring an umbrella to a rainstorm or to a brainstorm, I mean. So every idea should be on the table. And bubble now, if you can't travel, then, hey, However long it's going to take your teams to get to Calgary, we're going to finish this season. We're going to all do it here. We're going to make things happen. So they should be exploring it, probably. At least I would be, because if the chartered flights aren't exempt and from from the uh, vaccination requirement to fly in this country, then you would probably be in a position where you'd have to pause the season or come up with an alternative. And can you do three games now, pause for six weeks, do a few more games and at, you know, patchwork a great cup together. I don't know, but you could bring everybody together and, uh, and play a season in Calgary. Yeah. The fan thing would be interesting. Would you allow fans in? Wouldn't you, would you do it under a bubble? Would you not? You'd have to protect the players from the fans, but Hey, that's something that probably should be on the table. Uh, from EGA on YouTube, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders will be the Montreal Expos robbed of a championship. Eh, I don't think we can say that. Moose, enjoy your weekend. Thanks for chiming in. Great job. Have a great week. See you Monday, everybody. I don't know. This is not an online therapy session whatsoever. For more Rod Peterson on demand, visit rodpeterson.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.